1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by a man who insists on jumping out of cakes at my birthday, <laughs> topless too. It's really, it's really unnerving. Hovercraft Joe.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like our guest is more likely to jump out of a cake topless. Let's be honest. No, come on, he's going to win. No, this. I would jump out bottom <laughs>
1: He's a straight up Winnie the Pooh. <laughs>
0: And if you, I would have well, a full-on naval
2: uniform just on the top, and then on the bottom, just hanging dog.
0: <laughs> would you? Would you say your famous line about "watch my
2: fanny"? Or
0: it is? <laughs> Look out! Here comes the fanny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, <laughs> 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 moving on. <laughs> uh, well, we yeah the the Tush is here. I guess we should say Tush. How are you doing? Hey, you know, I mean, whenever you have a seminal
2: moment in uh, movie nudity history, you have to call on me. Are
1: you just out of curiosity? Are you developing film? <laughs> because <laughs> no, like, your room there's like a I'm red light room. on, uh, and that's it's a little dark in it.
0: here. Yeah, he's set in the mood, dude. He's you know exactly. Um Well, anyways, I always say it like, oh, we're here to talk about. It. It's like you clicked on the episode, so you already know what we're talking about. Maybe they Over don't. Maybe here? they
1: just random. Maybe this is like a weird Russian roulette. Podcast thing, and they don't know.
0: Well, maybe. We're here to talk about Under Siege, which surprisingly, 200 plus episodes into this podcast, is not a movie we've talked about as of yet. Um, and I will say, not to, you know, not to spill the tea, as they say, uh, we have had discussions about this before. I was very insistent on doing this for, I think, the 150th episode. Yeah. And LBJ fought me on it and was like, this isn't an iconic enough action movie to do for episode 150. And I still say it is.
1: I don't know. I, look, don't get me wrong. Spoiler alert, you're going to get my, you're going to understand that I like this movie, but I don't think it's up there with stuff like, you know, predator or die hard or, you know, things like the things we've done for our, for our milestone episodes. I don't think this is milestone episode worthy.
2: I would say that's the nature of Steven Seagal. Like he's not in your Stallone and, uh, Schwarzenegger class. I'd even say he's sub Van Damme.
1: Yeah, he's sub Van Damme. He's like, he's like a definitely above like, uh, uh, What's it, Beastmaster? Uh Mark Singer. Uh, oh, Mark Mark he's Singer. He's above yeah. Mark Singer. He's above um, you know Jeff Speedman or Jeff whatever. Jeff Speedman, yeah, but but he's not quite like a Van Damme. No.
0: I, I will say it it it's through the life of the podcast, this is you know, like obviously we say, you know, Steven Skull's lower tier, but he has some good movies. This is the yeah. first one that is this like our only like maybe third. Steven Seagal movie?
1: Sorry, Steven Seagal movie. This is yeah. I think this is only the third Steven, Steven Seagal movie we've done, and by it, and this is the good one. Yeah. like well, the other well, two one we covered of, were hot garbage.
0: Well, one of them we did was the the one where he went to pr- prison with Ja Rule. Oh is, it, is that I the remember. only is that the only Steven Seagal movie we've done I think besides we this one? No, no, was in we one did water. we did the one with the other him one. We have a DMX, yeah, um, which like. Oh, what was that one with him and DMX called? I'm, like, drawing a blank. Exit Tush, Wounds? Exit oh, oh, Wounds. Oh, so exit wounds. Yeah, and it was like, Exit Wounds was not terrible. The one with Ja Rule was the one of the worst movies you've ever watched awesome. for the podcast. Yeah, it was bad. And then, and then there's just, but anyways, we'll get into that. So, uh, the release, release date on this is October 9, 1992. Uh, Tush, why don't you regale us with, kind of, your background with this movie?
2: Well, I mean, I would have. I believe I saw it in theaters. Um, you know, I can't remember. I might have been at the dollar show. I'm not sure. Ninety two. Um, you were like eleven.
0: You saw this in theaters. Yeah,
2: I was allowed to see R-rated movies starting at like age six. So
0: <laughs> fair so, enough.
2: And was, like action movies are different. But that, that was a great thing about action movies is you you could sneak in some nudity in them. So <laughs> I was like, all right. So yeah, I would I would have seen it in the theaters, and you know, I remember definitely liking it at the time and. Wearing out certain parts of it on the, on VHS.
0: <laughs> well, did you see? Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up. That one of the th- one of the facts was that like it was hugely pop- popular on like home video, but they literally like they had to keep replacing it because <laughs> they said like the tapes kept getting wore out in that scene. Oh yeah. Um. What about you, uh, LBJ?
1: I I think. The first time I saw this was on HBO, probably at Justin's house. Um, and then I definitely rented it, you know, at least a couple times and watched it. Um, we might even own it. I can't remember for sure. I, I like I might we might own this movie. Um, but it's one I've seen, you know, a bunch of times. Um a bunch of times. I've seen it a ton of times.
0: I bet you have. Um, I, <laughs> I was going to say this is definitely a movie I watched in either your basement or Justin's basement. Like I don't, I don't remember who, but it was definitely a, a, a friend's house basement viewing. And I, you know, maybe seen it a few times here or there, but I, it, it's been a long time since I sat down and watched the whole thing. So much so that I forgot, you know, some of the famous people that are in this movie. Right, um, and yeah. Okay, so this movie has a budget of thirty-five million dollars, uh, a domestic gross of eighty-three, and a worldwide gross of one hundred and fifty-six million dollars. So it makes a lot of money, which I guess is why they <laughs> made that sequel, uh, "Under Siege 2: Dark Territory." Which I, because uh, I watched this on Tubi because it was free, and then Tubi's like, "Maybe you want to watch this?" So I started watching it. Got like fifty minutes in, and I'm like, "I I can't watch this anymore." <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've never seen the second one. I heard it was terrible. I never watched it.
0: Um, Okay, so the uh, Rotten Tomatoes on this is 79%, which, again, if you're keeping track at home, is 70% better than the uh, Rotten Tomatoes for Beverly Hills Cop 3. And the -hmm. audience audience score is (laughs) 62%, which is kind of wild that the critics like this more than the audience.
1: Yeah, that is weird.
0: But we have well, no, talk- the audience the, cause the audience score is fluid.
2: So in all the years of Steven Seagal being a douchebag since this, people go online and vote
0: for it and say, Yeah, this sucks. Yeah, well, maybe. I was gonna that say true. I was gonna say the audience score to us is always kind of a mystery because obviously Rod Tomatoes wasn't around when this movie came out in nineteen ninety two. So right. like Yeah, so the critic scores are locked in. They just go and look at the critic
2: criticism of the time, but the audience score is still open. So you'll see movies. So yeah, like with movies like this, that star douchebags will end up ha- getting their scores lowered over the year.
0: Right. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's weird okay. because like during the filming of this, he wasn't sort of the notorious douchebag that he eventually became. No, I think I mean, this is he, the he, movie he that's he sort of known as
2: the douchebag. He definitely right. was a douchebag. if I <laughs> He just wasn't like widely known as yeah. one is what
0: you're saying.
2: Yeah. Vladimir Putin wasn't around
0: for him to hang out with. That's fair. You know? <laughs> uh, Okay top grossing movies of 1992 uh number one is aladdin number two home alone 2 lost in new york and number three is a movie we have covered on this very podcast which is highly overrated batman returns yeah Um, is not great this movie under siege comes in 13th on the for the year and other movies we have covered from 1992, not as many as I thought we would have from '92, but we've also covered uh number 36, Passenger 57, always kick him in the dick, uh, number 40, uh, Dave's favorite, uh, Twitch's favorite, sorry, because it has that uh ear necklace, Universal Soldier, <laughs> uh number oh, 40. Yeah. Number 44, one of the probably the uh, most surprising episode that we could never get guests on Three Ninjas. And number 46, an episode that LPJ uh, mercifully missed Stop or My Mom Will Shoot.
1: Yeah, I've never gone back and listened to that episode either.
0: Well, it is not a good movie. Uh, (laughs) So, okay. Uh, Stars of this movie? We we mentioned Steven. Yeah, question. Uh, we mentioned Steven Seagal, obviously uh, Gary Busey. <laughs> uh, how cool. crazy is Gary Busey at this point in his life, Dave?
1: He hasn't had the motorcycle accident yet. I it mean, was right after crazy
0: this. Is now?
2: Yeah, I mean, he goes. He's been on this downward spiral since this, but I mean,
1: but yeah, but like right after, yeah, he's pretty bad. Like right after this movie is when he has the motorcycle accident and things just kind of. He gets the skids, so to speak.
0: <laughs> Got him. Uh, okay. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is freaking in this movie, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, I guess, but I guess like Tommy Lee Jones isn't necessarily, like he's in a lot of movies, but it's not like he's like, I don't know. Like he's not like he's Tom Hanks or something, right? Like he doesn't no, just fake.
1: He, he gained a lot of notoriety and popularity after the fugitive came out, which is the movie he did right after this one.
0: Yeah, and it was yeah. which is like we'll get to it in a second, but it blows my mind. I never realized that they were directed by the same person. Directed by the same season.
1: person, and there's like nine actors from that's it, this movie that's in.
0: Yeah, that's what it. That's what I read, life. but that's what I read, but then I was like, I can only think of one, and it's totally jokes. right. Um, yeah. Anyways, okay, so uh, Erica Laniak. Uh, We mentioned her famous nude scene. And then, like, really uh, the only other person that was of note to me was uh, Cole Meany. And I know know LPJ loves him because of his stupid Star Trek uh, connection.
1: He's Miles O'Brien in Star Trek.
0: Uh, and then the only other person that I kind of noticed was, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but Glenn Morshower, yeah. who has a small role because he was on a bunch of seasons of 24, so I, uh, and he was in the uh, first
1: Transformers movie. Yeah, he essentially plays the same character in everything. He's always like, you know, the CIA guy, somebody who is uh, usually pretty trustworthy. Um, there's other people too, like, um, like B- Bernie Casey's in this. He is. He's like, uh he's Revenge Commander Harris. Nerds.
2: What's it? He's the head of the the other, like the the um, fraternity that lets them in The Revenge of the Nerds. Right, right. So he's a
1: character <laughs> who shows up in a lot of different things. um Who else was in here? Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, there's definitely,
2: yeah, there's definitely a ton of the the character people are like, oh, yeah, I recognize yeah. them from this or that. Like, like I just, I'm just looking at Troy Evans is in everything. Yeah. You know, it's like. Dale, little little character piece are in there very midwestern sounding guy
1: dale Dye is in this also dale Dye is the um uh the uh former marine who trains like, the, like uh, all of the yeah. actors in military you know, what
0: I, you know what i was surprised it seems like a movie taylor made for our boy uh bokeen woodbine <laughs> why isn't he in this he movie seems like he should have been in it anyway well if you were uh, Kirsten, he pretty young at this point though know. so, yeah uh, Dave. Uh, sorry, Tush. You don't care if I call you Tush or Dave. You know how we I'm occasionally you know how we occasionally play that game to pass time at work, where I'll heavy try and guess the rankings of people's films on IMDb. I yeah. could not find a list of poking woodbine movies. Oh, <laughs>
1: nobody man.
0: has nobody has made it on IMDb. So anyway, that's yet that's not here nor there. Okay, so you guys ready to do uh, some net worths? Yes. All right. Not sure. Let's. Let's start with LPJ's boy, Cole Meany. He's got that sweet, sweet Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine money, question mark? Yeah, no, is it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just (laughs) – we talked about this on the Discord. Uh, There's a very funny uh, uh, rating on uh, iTunes for us where someone specifically says they don't like – that I say question mark out loud. Uh-huh. Um, I do like, that. I would just like to say I'm going to keep doing it. So sorry. Anyways, yeah. Uh, how, how about you say fuck you question mark? <laughs> uh, okay. So what do you think? Uh, LPJ for your boy.
1: Uh, he's got that sweet sweet uh, playing a British pilot in Die Hard Two. Money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'll go five million.
0: All right, uh, Tush?
2: Um, he's got that sweet, sweet, I can't believe you guys haven't mentioned that he's in Con Air um, oh. money. So I'm going to say he's got $10 million.
0: Uh, $6 million for Cole Meaney, So, All right, next up, uh, Erika Oleniak. Uh, she's got that sweet, sweet Chasers money. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only other movie I think she was in. Uh, what do you think, uh, Tush, for Erica Oleniak? Uh, she's got that sweet, sweet celebrity fit club money. <laughs> I can say she is five hundred thousand dollars.
1: Okay, uh, LBJ. I mean, she's got that sweet, sweet. The only thing I know, uh, no, the only other thing I know her from would be Baywatch money. Um, yeah, first two seasons. I'm gonna go. Oh, thank you, Baywatch superfan. Uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go five million for her.
0: Four million dollars. So, so pretty yeah, close there for her. Okay. Uh, uh, next up Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet, no country for old men money. I don't know. There's a lot of things you could throw out. Uh, what do you think LPJ for Tommy Lee Jones?
1: Um, he's got that sweet, sweet Lincoln money. Um, never seen it.
0: Is it worth watching? Yeah,
1: it's real good. I like it a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, I feel, I feel like touch probably has a different opinion. I don't dislike
2: it. I no, mean, all right. Fair enough. You, want to, you have three hours. You want to give up You know, <laughs> the stuff you already know. You know, but
1: uh, I'll go 80 million.
2: All right. Uh, tush. He's got that sweet, sweet, lonesome dove money.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to say 90 million. <laughs> I feel like this is at least the third time you brought up lonesome dove on the podcast. I am very close to singing the Garth Brooks song. Oh, it is a good Garth Brooks song. Underrated. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, $100 million for Tommy right. Lee Jones. Good for him. Good uh, for two Next up, Gary Busey. <laughs> uh, I can't, from the top of my head, think of anything to say. Sweet, sweet money for. So uh, I'll pass it to you, uh, Tush.
2: Guys, come on, sweet, sweet, lethal weapon money.
0: Well, there you go.
2: That's right. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know. Like I, he does all those. He has to do all the like those celebrity like comment cons and stuff like that. And he's per- currently getting
0: sued for groping people. I think he probably has five million. By a million. Uh, I would like to say he's got that sweet, sweet father to the his son who plays that neon fiddle in the middle of Starship Troopers money. Anyways, <laughs> uh, remember how stupid it is? They like open that box and there's like a bunch of footballs and stuff and then there's just like a neon fiddle. Anyways, and, go back and, he can and pick listen- it up
1: and, and instantly knows how to play it.
0: Yeah, go back to that episode, uh, LBJ. What do you think for uh, Gary B?
1: He's got that sweet, sweet Predator Two money. These are these are oh, movies cool. covered on the podcast, John. I know, man.
0: My my brain is not working. I <laughs>
1: oh, uh, I'm gonna go, go five hundred thousand dollars.
0: Right on the button, yes, LBJ. Five hundred thousand dollars. We, we should have said he's got that sweet, sweet jacking
2: off on a park bench and getting photographed uh, money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true. Let's that kick the
1: man while he's down
0: That is that is topical <laughs> um, Okay, next up Or next up, last But maybe certainly least Steven Seagal He's got that sweet, sweet Executive decision money uh, A movie that we will cover on the podcast At some point, what do you think, LBJ for Steven Seagal?
1: Well, first of all, I don't care how he pronounces his name He is Steven Seagal
0: <laughs> It's
2: true
1: Uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> Steven Seagal, uh, he's got that sweet, sweet uh, friends with Anderson, Spider, Silva money. Uh, <laughs> I'll go, I'll go, I'll go twenty million just because I think he's got other things working for him.
2: Okay, uh, Tush. So I really think that it'd be so hard to actually guess how much he has, really, because I'm sure he has a bunch of money hidden in like the banks of. Dictator Dictatorships and stuff like that because he hangs out with all those guys. I hear he's big so into he,
1: crypto too.
2: Exactly. <laughs> on paper, he's got that sweet, sweet Glimmer Man
0: money though. <laughs> so I'm going to say he has $40 million. $16 million for Steven Seagal. So at least on paper as the push so eloquently put. Uh, okay. We're, we're gonna
2: get into this, but I just feel like just to bring it up right now. This is a man from Lansing, Michigan, and the <laughs> way he presents himself and talks all the time is so wildly different and wildly absurd. I so guess we're I... like he's literally about an hour and a half down the road from me, you know, like in Lansing is where he's from. And I don't, you know. Go back and forth from Japanese to offensive <laughs> jive and stuff like
0: that. So we'll get into it, though. This just in: I didn't know he was from Michigan. So yeah, yeah Lansing. <laughs>
1: he's he's from uh, Michigan. But he lives in Louisiana and sometimes has a Louisiana accent. It's very strange. He also rem- sometimes lives in Arizona,
2: and he's also a Russian citizen.
0: Yes. I remember watching like at least some episodes of that show he had, where he was just like it was like cops, but it had Steven Seagal on it. or yes. that? Or he uh-huh. was like in Louisiana, like yeah. going yeah. on.
1: Yeah, he's a reserve that, Louisiana. All law like, like, like well, yeah, it's called yeah, it's called Yep. Uh
0: Okay, so we mentioned this movie is directed by uh, Andrew Davis. Who directs this he also directs uh above the law which is another uh famous steven skull movie which i've never seen so i can't say anything about it uh but you know this the fugitive obviously uh the only thing i really noticed uh chain reaction which i think was a bad morgan freeman uh yeah, keanu reeves was, action yeah. movie and also written um, by the
1: same guy that wrote this
0: oh and then the other one that i noticed was like kind of like a later stage Arnold action movie. Well, I guess they're later stages now, but like after he was super famous, uh, collateral damage, he also directed. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if there's anything else that jumped out in his filmography, the guardian, which I think was like a, uh, Kevin Costner, Ashton Kutcher movie, Ashton yeah, Kutcher Ashton movie. Coast Guard movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's written by J F Lawton. H- I don't Jody know.
1: He directed Jody's favorite movie holes.
0: Oh, that's right. He did direct holes.
1: I've never seen. Jody holes. loves
0: holes. I've never seen it. People tell me I should watch it, but
1: eh, it's fine. People, yeah, yeah it's a uh, movie. It's this not is sad movie, but you know,
0: this is not a tirade. But I will say this: a lot of times. I'm a 42 year old man. A lot of times people like tell me that I should watch movies that they were nostalgic for when they were children. And I watch them now at my age and I'm like, yeah, this, this doesn't do anything for me. No. So, um, I, I think, I think holes is one I could skip. Uh, so JF Lawton, anything on him? LPJ?
1: Uh, no, I mean, he wrote, he wrote this, he wrote pretty woman. He wrote, uh, chain reaction. He wrote, he wrote under it. siege Two. He wrote Blank I Kind Man. of blowing my
2: mind that the guy who wrote this wrote Pretty Woman. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it is kind of wild, right? I did
2: not
0: know that. That's kind of like, wait, what? He also yeah. wrote a movie called Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death.
1: That sounds like we should cover
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say tune in next week. Um, okay. And I guess I don't even I don't even have it pulled out, so give me a give me a cuz it's so unremarkable the uh, music in this movie is Gary Chang um so there you go <laughs> uh, <laughs> um okay so taglines for this are very bad and there's only two of them and I'm uh, the first one I'm not even sure if it makes sense it just says it's not a job it's an adventure
1: <laughs> that they stole that from the i think it's the army or the navy oh, well, maybe it's the navy in the navy I think it's the Uh, Navy's tagline.
0: Then this next one is one where it kind of feels like it's just a plot summary, but I'll read it. In 1992, a battleship's been sabotaged by nuclear pirates out to steal warheads. Now surrounded by terrorists, a lone man stands with a deadly plan of attack.
1: Yeah, that's essentially a plot summary. (laughs) Yep, that's not a tagline, guys. Not a tagline. (laughs) Definitely not a tagline.
0: Uh, Okay. Anything else? That you want to mention or bring up before we get into the plot of this movie.
1: Let's get um, we, it. Can, we can talk about how the uh Die Hard 3 was Ooh, scrapped. The original script for Die Hard 3 was scrapped and rewritten because this movie came out and the plots were too similar. So they pushed back production of Die Hard 3 to rewrite it so that it wouldn't be like under siege. Now
0: I think it ended up being a happy accident, though,
2: because Die Hard of the Vengeance is sweet.
0: It's yeah, really. it, is a, it is a great movie. An episode that we're all on, I think it might have been the 150th episode, I actually. Think so. Yep. Um,
2: didn't now, say, hey, Zeus. He said, hey, Zeus. <laughs>
0: yeah, I lo- that is a great movie. Um, at some point, this is neither here nor there. We should cover the fourth Die Hard, because I kind of don't hate the fourth Die Hard. Um, but I just want to put that out there. Um, Does this movie come out before uh, Speed 2? I believe so. Isn't that like
1: on a cruise ship? Yeah, Yeah, it does. Yeah, Yeah, because Speed comes out in 94.
0: Okay. So they were just like, "Ah, people forgot about Under Siege. We could do another Terrorist on a Boat movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, Tush, anything you want to talk about or no? No, no, I'm good. All right. Uh, Let's get into the plot of this. Uh, We're on a battleship. Uh, we're going to find out it's the USS Missouri, which is a real ship, Tush? Um. Yeah, it
2: is, but they're not. I and mean, it is a real ship. That's not the ship they're actually on. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it is in a movie. Yeah, it just it was you know, it was the Alabama, I believe it was filmed on. But, yes,
0: it's the Missouri in the movie. Okay. And, and in theory, like, the, the history they tell about it is true. Like.
1: Yeah. Except for okay. the whole, you know, terrorist sure. thing. But, yeah. Well, I meant,
0: like, <laughs> yeah. the, at the beginning of the movie like, when they're talking jump, about jump. it. But Joe, this, there this are is, just strippers all over the place. In the this is not based on, on true ship. events. No, I meant the ship and no, when I they talk I just about want to make hist- sure you
1: know. not a documentary.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> uh okay. so uh there's a big thing about how the president's coming to visit the ship uh, and Tusha's site because it's george George Bush George H w. my second yeah. favorite
2: George Bush.
0: <laughs> uh and like the big thing is that they're decommissioning uh the uss missouri but it's like going to pr- it's at pearl harbor for this thing with the president mm-hmm. and then they're sailing it back to san francisco to remove the weapons there <laughs> why they couldn't yeah, remove de- the weapons and like turn in museum probably right right kind of like uh, what they did
1: with the ship that they actually filmed this on
0: yeah so so they're sailing back to San Francisco. And they make note of uh, they make note of the fact that it's kind of sailing with a skeleton crew because it is going to be decommissioned. And this is where a case <laughs> where I come across a note that I wrote, and and I don't remember why I wrote it. Truth be told, everyone who listens to podcasts regularly knows that we're a little delayed in our recording schedule. So I watched this a couple weeks ago. Why did I write a note that said "Go, cue ball, go, cue ball, go"? And he. Any, anybody have an idea? I
2: part, think it's, isn't that the uh, the part because they're all like, you know, Steven Seagal is jive talking and they're all dancing in the
0: kitchen? Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. That's, nice right, that's, right yeah. Yeah. that's right. Yeah, and then it's like, uh, I mean, like every, everyone seems to kind of hate Steven Seagal on the boat for some reason.
1: Like but, Gary Busey really hates him. <laughs> well, I think they don't um, – <clears throat> The the regular enlisted soldiers don't view the mess hall guys as real – Soldiers, real sailors. They're just the cooks. And, you know, and and, and Stephen Seagal's always talking back to them. So they don't like him um, because they're always talking. And nobody really knows his actual history.
0: Right. Because they just keep saying it's like, oh, well, the captain brought him on board. Like, Mm -hmm. that's all they really say about him. Um, Okay. So we're introduced to Gary Busey. He's Krill. Um, (laughs) Yeah. They're throwing a surprise party for the captain, and they're like, we're flying out caterers. And, like, Steven Skull's like, but I'm making him his favorite dish. I can't remember what it is. Some soup. Um, yeah, yeah, there it is. And, like, uh, Gary B.C. spits in his food, uh, and then uh, Steven Skull punches him in the face, and they're like, we're going to lock you up in the brig. But instead, they just lock him up in a freezer. <laughs> yeah, because you
2: have to have the captain's permission to put someone in the brig, which... You know,
0: I don't. I mean, I'm sure they could get that after the fact, but whatever. Well, that's true. So then, like uh, the people that they're flying in for the uh, surprise party show up, and it's like a bunch of caterers and, and and cooks, and like Tommy Lee Jones and a band and Erica Laniak, uh, Jordan Tate, who's also Miss July 1989. Did you see the interesting fact about the Playboy in this movie? That it's the well, same two. Yeah. Well, I, go ahead. I was going to say the interesting fact to me is that it's the same Playboy that he finds in Buzz's room in the original Home Alone. Yep. And if you look in that Playboy, she really is the playmate of the
2: month for that. Oh,
0: interesting. Uh, Okay. So they show up on the – they fly in on a helicopter. And it was kind of like a big thing because they had to get permission to get the helicopter and they didn't tell the captain. Uh, And and so Tommy Lee Jones is – part of the band, but he's not the lead singer. He just plays harmonica, uh, but it's Bad Billy and the Bale Jumpers. <laughs> I do want to say that
2: when you're dealing with a ship with nuclear weapons, saying it's a surprise party is not an excuse that will get you past all the security in real life. Just if anyone was worried about that, like, you know, like at home, like, oh my God, what if, what if people, the terrorists say there's a surprise party, they'll get all the nuclear weapons.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they're probably going to, you know, Vet the uh, the guests a little a little better. <laughs> yeah, it's because true. it's crazy. Because like, you know, I'm getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves. But in that meeting, in that little little generals roundtable meeting, they all know who Tommy Lee Jones is. Like, yeah, they all know who he is. So he's he not try past to security. At all. He's going to throw up red flags at some point.
2: Well, like also, I want to point out that the um, the crew is super into the public
0: domain blues song that they're playing.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, I do have a note that basically says this party seems terrible. Like the band doesn't seem good. Gary Busey comes out and he's dressed like a woman for some reason. There is no reason for the villains
2: plot or the plot of the movie for him to be in a dress. No, he just came to set one day, I'm sure.
0: And was like, wait, whatever, wear a dress. Well, also, and we should mention that like Erica Laniac shows up on deck with uh, shows up on the helicopter with them, and, and she's supposed to like jump out of a cake. but like there's a weird thing where it's like she has like motion sickness from the boat. So Gary Buzer gives her a, Gary Busey gives her a lot of pills. And I guess we're supposed to believe she took the pills, got in the cake, and then like fell asleep for like four hours
1: in the cake.
0: I'm, hey, yeah, as you do,
1: I think that's what it is. I think because you go because it's Dramamine essentially is what they give her motion sickness pills, and they're supposed to you know make you drowsy. He told her to take one, and I think she took like six.
0: Which, hey, fun fact: if you ever want to uh, stave off a hangover, take some Dramamine before you go to bed. Just a it's, it's, fun tip. It's Dramamine. 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 Fun tip.
1: Dramamine. Tip. <laughs> that's something. And else
2: fun, fun tip. Uh, mm-hmm. None of us are doctors, so if there's any adverse
0: effects to that. We do not hold any legal responsibility. Uh, Right. Okay. Okay. Well, then don't take Dramamine before if you want to save off a hangover. Uh, Or at least read the uh, warning uh, label on it. Anyways. uh, So, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, he takes a break from playing the harmonica and asks who the highest ranking officer in the room is. And this guy's like, oh, it's me. And then he, like, kills him. (laughs) And then Gary Busey dresses a woman, goes and kills the captain. Uh, and the bad guys take over the entire ship pretty easily, I might say. <laughs> I must. I mean, like I know it's a skeleton crew, but they take it over pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but there and- would not, again, there wouldn't be a skeleton crew when you have nuclear weapons aboard. At the very
2: yeah. least, there, the security would not be a skeleton crew. But again, whatever.
0: <laughs> and then. I guess Gary Busey was mad the whole time because he got a bad performance review from the captain. Like, he decided to commit treason because he was mad about a performance review from the captain, right?
1: Yeah, that kind of seems to be his motivation. His motivation seems to be he got a bad performance review, and yeah, that's really it.
0: Yeah, and everyone on the boat hates him anyway, so... So, yeah, so, yeah, Gary Busey's in league with Tommy Lee Jones and the terrorists. Uh, they leave, like, this, like, kind of dumb private uh, guy to guard Steven Seagal in the freezer. And he, Steven Seagal's trying to get him to let him out, like, the whole time, but he won't. But then they send some guys down, and they end up killing the guy. Uh Tush. Can I Just
2: to circle back, can I ask you okay, so... Are they, were they first terrorist mercenaries that learned how to play instruments or did they recruit terrorists that already knew how to play instruments?
0: It's it's a really good question because they do play it. Like Tommy Lee Jones is like a, like black ops CIA operative. So like, did he, you're right. Did he learn to play harmonica specifically for this gig or
1: was the band in on it? Or was it just a band? Oh yeah, the
0: band was all. They were all end up with guns and such. Do they? You know? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody on that helicopter besides Eric Laniac was a terrorist. Okay. It is funny though that like they're like oh all these other guys they get to be a band. Cole Meany, caterer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Tish will appreciate that. It's like a debate about whether they're uh, ghost pirates or pirate ghosts. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're like, they're like, Cole Meany. If we need someone to play the
0: fiddle, we'll, we'll ask your Irish <laughs> ass. But you know. And then he was like, "Oh, I was on Star Trek. I don't know what he did oh. on Star Trek. I just know who's on it. I was in Layer Cake." <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Anyway, sorry, uh, LBJ. We'll stop. We'll stop bashing your boy. Yeah, sure. Um, so the private guarding the freezer gets killed uh steven seagal gets out of the freezer kills a couple dudes uh well, they
1: realize so after they take over the bridge right they are trying to track down like you know everybody who's on the ship to, to make sure they're contained and they forget that the private is down there in the mess hall with steven seagal and he well, calls and he, up he's like i heard something that sounded like shotgun you know that yeah. sounded like gunfire
0: right Uh, so he kills the guys and then he like sets a, like a bomb or something to blow up in the microwave, but he must set the timer for a really long time. The
1: power's cut. He cuts the power down there. Yeah. But he puts that thing in the
0: microwave or whatever that oven and sets the timer. Yeah. But all tiny microwaves, you had, they had a dial so you could set the dial. Then when the power came back on,
1: that's when it would start.
0: Oh, okay. See, I miss, I miss that. It's a good thing you guys are here to tell me this. Uh, Steven Skull finds the captain dead. Uh, also then like at this point, they don't know that the ship's been taken over and they blow an F-18 out of the sky, <laughs> which like at the time is like, that seems like a good way to be found out that you just blew up this F-18. But then like they kind of make demands and we find out that Tommy Lee Jones worked for the CIA. And um, they spend their
2: entire music budget playing Voodoo Child by, uh, Jimi Hendrix and they blow up
0: the <laughs> And like I like it's very confusing, but I guess it's supposed to be because Tommy Lee Jones talks to him and he acts like he's all crazy and all this stuff. But I guess he's at this point in time, he's just pretending to be crazy. So they don't know what he's really trying to do.
1: Yeah, it's all kind of a ruse like they 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 are trying to disguise the fact that they're trying to offload these missiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, so he's just sort of acting like a lunatic to throw him off.
2: And it, I gotta he's, ask he's essentially the, the character he acts as is essentially John Melkovich's character from In the Line of Fire, which came out like around the same time too. Like, oh, I was CIA, then you tried to kill me, and now I'm getting back at you.
0: But it's a ruse. Oh. I've never seen In the Line of Fire, so I got I got nothing there. Oh uh, You
2: love being told you need to see movies, so you need to see In the Line of Fire.
0: It is a good movie. <laughs> um yeah. So I have a question for you they they're doing a lot of construction on the ship which is to be able to offload these the nukes right Yeah there's there's no other like how would they I mean they would not be push. doing it at sea
1: Right well, they they don't, yeah. there's a, there's like a so when they when they're docked when the ship's docked there's a crane like on the dock that loads the missiles into the into the ship they don't have a crane on the ship to offload so they have to build a transit system for the missiles to get them into the sub. Yes. but like
0: the missiles are on the ship, presumably right. so they can fire them right. But what if they're at sea to fire them? Would they have a way to move them?
1: Well they're without just, they're in the they're just in the compartment in the launch bay. They just have to take them from right. that storage rack that they're on and put them in the launch bay. They don't have any place any way to get them. Out of off that, the ship. Off the ship.
0: Okay. Except okay. by firing them.
1: Right. <laughs> okay.
0: Fair enough. So they're they're doing a bunch of construction to build like the crane and the system to move the missiles off the boat. Uh cut back to uh Steven Seagal. This is where he finds the cake with Erica right. Laniac, Erica Laniac in it. And I'm like, how long was she in that cake? Cause he kind of pushes it and then she pops out and you know, the scene that was like, let's be honest, like we were all 11 and 12 when we saw this, it probably is forever burned in our memories. Oh yeah. And, oh, and it's I not guess. even, it's not even that long of a, like a nude scene or anything. It's like, it's, but it's, it's forever.
2: It's you just know.
1: iconic.
0: Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah, action movies of this era, <clears throat> like would find excuses to show nudity. And this is one of the most genius excuses of like, yeah. Okay. Like, like, you know, there really isn't. I mean, she she adds to the movie. She's good in it, but there's not that much reason for the character to exist in the movie. But it's just like, yeah, it works. Yep. And there's yeah. conflicting stories of whether Seagal was mad about the character because, like, oh, it's like, um, uh, like you know, it takes it, it's so dumb to have a character running around with me and all that stuff. And then there's some people. Gary Busey claims that Steven Seagal kept pushing for a sex scene. In between the two of them, you know, well, and, and if anyone's yeah. reliable, it's Gary Busey. Right, it's true. But at the same time, when he's saying yeah, Steven Seagal's a scumbag, it's like I can believe that, you know.
0: So it also comes up that like <laughs> one of Tommy Lee Jones' last missions for the CIA was to like destroy this like Korean nuclear sub, but it's I guess French sub that the North Koreans were buying. Okay, but I guess he didn't destroy it. He just stole it and has it at his disposal. <laughs> with the, with, and He apparently stole the French crew, too. Yeah, cause cause they're all it, like, oh, ho, ho, Tommy Lee Jones. Because <laughs> the sub's on the way to pick up the nukes from the ship. Uh, yeah. that, that homemade bomb that Stephen mm-hmm. Skull left in the microwave goes off. Um, and uh, the government's plan is like, hey, we're going to send a SEAL team to retake the ship. Uh, and that's when he finds that Steven Seagal is actually an ex SEAL, and he's not just a cook. Uh, and he's on the ship because he punched out his commanding officer. And yeah. but he was friends with the captain. I guess maybe I didn't quite get yeah. that. Well, okay.
2: So basically, at that point, like, yeah, like it was his commanding officer wasn't on the mission. He was his team got wiped though. He was the only survivor. So he punched out his commanding officer and he got busted down to where he could only hold two different like lowly non-commissioned positions. So he was a cook and the captain was his friend. So he's like, Hey, you're a good cook and you're a friend. So he brought him on the ship with him to kind of protect him and let him, let him make it to retirement. So he got his pension.
0: Ah, gotcha. And so Stephen Skull brings, Erica Laniaak with him, which is like I understand for movie purposes, like why she's still in the movie. But like if this is a real situation, don't you feel like Steven Zegal would have like karate chopped and like knocked her out and like locked her in somewhere? Yes. Like yeah. he wouldn't he would not have taken her with her, be like, here, carry the bag full of guns. Oh, he'd be like, yeah. oh, so you want to die? Okay, I'll leave you
2: here. Yeah, he would have done
1: he would have done much better on his own. Like a hundred percent. Now, Steven
2: Seagal would have done much worse things to her, but Casey Ryback. (laughs) Fair
1: enough. That's fair.
0: Uh, Steven Seagal. Do you want a massage? I'm an expert in shiatsu massage. (laughs) Steven Seagal gets a secure satellite uplink. Uh, He gets in touch with the military. Um, uh, And he, so at this point, he blows up the helicopter that they came in on. But like, why exactly? to keep them so no from one being else able to escape. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he blows up the helicopter, uh the bad guys find Erika Erica Laniak and you think she's going to get caught but Seagull shows up and kills them all. Uh and, and this is kind of when they figure out uh what's going on with Steven Skull, right? Like they find out that he's like this ex-seal yeah. and and all this yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um Krill, obviously after he killed the captain, he need, he killed the captain, he needed to get the launch codes to arm the missiles and they're in the captain's safe in the captain's safe is also um uh ryback's personnel file which they kept it hidden i don't know why they kept it hidden i'm not sure what the reason for that is but he kept it in his personal safe and that's when he figures out that ryback is a seal and highly decorated and all that
0: right so gary Mm -hmm. busey's plan is like hey I know how we can get them. I'm going to they locked all the crew members in a section of the ship and they're like, we're going to flood that. So when he comes to try and save them, we'll kill him. Right. And then uh, they come across a few members of the crew that are just locked in a random cabin for some reason and not locked with all the other
1: guys on the ship. Yeah, There was a reason for it, too. I can't remember what it was, but
2: they they barricaded themselves or something like they were
0: hiding there. Maybe yeah, it was wrong. something
1: like that. Yeah. It was something like where they were hiding or I they don't seal them in instead of, oh, I was going to say, them, because he has it. to like,
0: he has to like unseal the door from the outside. Right. I
1: okay. think they just, they just torched him in is what it was.
0: So anyways, they're able to shut out the water. Steven skull kills a lot more dudes. Uh, I do like that scene when he drops that girder on the guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That is, that is really cool. Uh, then he kills a bunch of more dudes with knives. Cause he's like a knife expert, I guess um they also do they do mention and it comes up a lot that he is an expert with explosives because he does blow up a lot of things too yeah um so they so seal team five is on the way uh and they're able to tommy lee jones and his buddies they're able to make it so tommy lee jones doesn't have control of the ship's weapons like they're able to do something where they can't shoot uh seal team six but then the they end up blowing up the seals helicopters because they have like a rocket launcher on the French sub that they blow them up with.
1: Right, yeah, because they don't realize that the French sub is even out there. Like they have yeah. no idea the French sub it's, it's, is it's even very
2: out there. hard baguettes.
1: <laughs> so after the after
0: seal <laughs> team five gets killed the government's like well we just got to blow up the ship and sink it um <laughs> and then my next note literally says Stephen Scal taking apart a missile and building something like he's freaking macgyver for ba Baracus. that's your two um so uh, and i also like uh, the note after that is like you think at this point like tommy lee jones and uh gary bc would like devote some more resources to finding Steven goal, but they seem to kind of just be like, ah, whatever. Like we won't worry about him. We're just going to get the missiles off. Like, I feel like they would be like, we got to find this guy. Cause he's really fucking everything up.
1: Yeah. You'd think it'd be a lot easier, like a lot um, less costly for them. Manpower wise. Just to send some guys after them instead of waiting for him to keep killing all of his men, and because uh, you know, think about it he he doesn't have a lot of men with him, right? If he kills no. enough of them off, they're not going to be able to build that crane time.
0: <laughs> I mean, just the caterers and the rest of the bail jumpers. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um. So he was apparently making a bomb, and then he like dives into the water to put the bomb on the sub and he apparently does a terrible job of not being spotted because they like immediately find him, but they can't, they can't seem to shoot him, but they can't, they get him with like a hook. Grappling hooks. To- they keep throwing grappling hooks down at him. It's insane. <laughs> and then the bomb goes off and I'm like, it didn't really seem like the bomb did anything, but I guess it messed up part of the sub so it couldn't Yeah, dive. So they can't
2: submerge with it, you know, with like the.
0: Right. Oh, and yeah, then that
1: armor, the armor on the sub was, was relatively thick. So that bomb he made yeah. isn't going to break the armor, but it is going to like, you know, it can damage some of the hydraulics from that.
0: Um, yeah. And it, ca- it can't submerge is basically the right. problem with it. Yeah. Uh, also. And then uh, LPJ's boy, Cole Meaney gets killed by Eric Oleniak. Yep. <laughs> the, he gets shot by Eric Oleniak in this. Uh,
1: oh. Luckily,
0: he was just on the holodeck. So. <laughs> oh. I was worried. Yeah. Uh, I don't I listen. I don't know. Does Deep Space Nine have a holodeck? Maybe not. I don't they know. They do.
1: And uh, it's run by this guy named Quark who runs a bar and uh, he has a lot of, you know, sexy programs. He's a civilian people, contractor, you know
0: we're done we don't need it's a to holographic
1: brothel is essentially what he's running on deep space Nine. Oh,
0: okay yeah. okay uh so luckily one of the guys that steven seagal rescued was like an expert at using those the, and this is where he's i need a your world guess. war ii veteran right he, he's a world war ii veteran uh, and this is uh, where i, I celebration and this is where he's an old guess. man he's there for the titties <laughs> This is where I need your guys' help because I'm dumb and I don't understand boats and and battleships. So, those guns work independently of anything else on the ship. The big cannons that they end up firing because they're able to, like, just go in there and use them. I mean, mean, now things would be computerized, but
1: right? They could, yeah, I mean, yeah, they could manually use them because it's an older ship, yeah, so it still had manual controls on the guns. Okay, yeah. so they
0: use those guns to sink the sub, which has most of the nukes at this point, right? Or no? I can't remember. You they... said some of them. Because Tommy Lee Jones goes crazy after this and ends up launching missiles at Hawaii. Um, Steven Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones have a pretty sweet knife fight, which did you guys catch where, like, they seemed to recognize each other, and I was like, "That's weird." And I guess it was yeah. referring to a scene that was like written, but maybe never even shot, where like right. they had like a history together or something.
2: I think I believe the implication was that like that Tommy Jones's character might have been responsible for the intel that got Steven Seagal's team killed in Panama.
1: Yeah, that was Panama, right? Yeah, yeah, that was it. So the the, the Panama incident, they received bad intel from the CIA. And Tommy Lee Jones was the was the officer, was the CIA agent that delivered them that information.
0: But they don't explain that very well. No, no. they
1: don't even really mention it.
0: <laughs> um, no. So they have a pretty sweet knife fight, and then it ends when uh, – uh, Tush, how, did, how would you say this knife fight ends? It end with him getting stabbed through the
2: skull, and that's actually one of the coolest parts of the movie, like <laughs> – you do not see that. Like, you normally think he'd go for, like, a fleshy part of the head. Like, no, he stabs him to the top of his friggin' skull. It's
0: awesome. Yeah, it is pretty great. Um, they're able to stop the tomahawks from uh, – the, the the Air Force is able to take one out, and then they, like, shut down the programming and they save Hawaii. Uh, they set the crew free. And then, like, in a weird thing, because I don't feel like they established it at all, but then, like, Tommy – not Tommy Lee Jones – uh, Steven Seagal makes out with Erica Laniak, And I'm like, did they set up their romance I felt I I like think it, Steven Seagal was like, hey, I think I should make out with this hot broad. I just felt like it came out of nowhere. And then like, then cut back to them like arriving in San Francisco and they're having a funeral for the captain. And like Steven Seagal has got his like dress, dress whites on. So I guess he's been reinstated yeah. uh, into the Navy. Um, and that's the end of the movie. We've reached the end of under siege. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Th- yeah. Th- there's, you know, there's a lot of things in this movie that, timing wise, I'm not sure works. Like, I-, yeah. I can't figure out exactly how long they're on the the ship for. Like, how long does this whole incident take? Like, a couple hours you know, maybe five or six hours at the most. Like, and all this stuff happens in that time frame? Like, I feel like there's not enough time for all of this stuff to happen.
0: I don't disagree. Um, I, this is not related to that, but did you see it said that Steven Seagal did some uncredited rewrites to this? I'm sure he does that with all of I'm sure... Yes.
2: All like, again, like all the things that they're most cringy were Steven Seagal rewrites, you know, <laughs> the, you know, the him again, talking jive and all that stuff. And it's just like, I'm sure all of that was Steven Seagal, you
0: know, but, but like how, and this is maybe we can't answer this, but like how famous is Steven Seagal at this point? Like
1: this was in the his- movie that made him mainstream. Okay. Yeah. But prior to this, he, he was made about
2: one or two more that took him from the mainstream. Right.
1: Like like prior to this, he was kinda, you know, made for TV well, or like 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 uh straight to well, video kind of release.
2: Yeah, he did, he had done hard to kill and um well, out for look,
0: justice. And they were well, both you know, cult hits. Looking at this, I feel like all the movies that I feel like maybe are more movies that before he kind of went off the rails, but like before this movie are above the law, hard to kill. Mark for death and out for justice, which I feel like are all yeah. his. Like, yeah, because he makes this yeah. and then he makes then he makes on deadly ground under siege too. Glimmer man, fire down below, like yeah. exit wounds. Like, I feel like this is kind of the peak of him being yeah, like, this is,
2: serious. This, is this high water. It's either this or executive decision. They're the high water marks of his career. Right,
1: and I think a lot of it was. I think he he got big on this. He got a huge head, and then. And then he started to just like make garbage movies.
2: Yeah, he he was already an asshole in this. You know, like that, I mean, that's my, by by all accounts, he was always an asshole. Like he was, like he would actually brag about the fact that he was a stunt coordinator on um, Never Say Never Again that he broke uh, Sean Connery's wrist. Like if you're the if you're training him, you're not supposed to hurt him, dummy. You know. <laughs>
0: Don't bring up Never Say Never Again. It's a terrible movie that LPJ. I'll never, I'll never say, I'll never bring it up ever again. LPJ <laughs> L- loves that movie for an unknown reason. Uh, apparently, because he he likes fifteen minute sequences where uh, James Bond plays a crappy computer game. <laughs> you know
2: what? I will back LPJ up in the fact that it's better than the Roger Morbond that came out that year, so. <laughs> which was, um, the um. What's the worst one? The um, the uh, one where he's uh, a view to a kill. Yeah.
0: A uh, a kill. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I, do, Come on. I do think at some point we need to look into some of these prior to Under Siege oh, uh, gall movies. Because like I said, I've never seen Out for Justice, Mark for Death, Hard to Kill, or Above the Law. I've never seen Mark any of Mark for Death them.
1: is really good. Like I liked Mark for Death a lot. Um, hard to kill is not bad. Yeah. Isn't there one the where lines, he's,
0: good I would agree that Mark, Mark for death is, is probably his best one besides this, which is, isn't there one where he's like in a coma or something? And then yeah, like, like hard to kill. The, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe next year we'll do a Steven Seagal month and do all four of those movies in a row.
1: I don't know if I could do all four in a row, but we're doing <laughs> them all, like all the in a row.
0: Three. We're doing them all in a row and Tush is going to have to be on all of them. <laughs> true. true. Uh, Okay. Uh, Do you have anything as far as role reversals
1: for this? No, I don't. Um, (laughs) I have no role reversals for this. Um, I I think from what I could tell, you know, they knew who they wanted for the movie and just sort of got them. You know, I, I, I didn't see anything in here that said anything otherwise.
0: Gotcha. Well, I mean, anything else that you want to bring up or mention before we get into ratings on this?
1: Uh, no, let me we just rate it.
2: All right. Oh, it. well, okay, so there was one time. I have a friend who was a UPS driver in Arizona, and he delivered to Steven Seagal's compound, and Stephen Seagal's son answered the door and signed for the package, and the whole time, Steven Seagal just watched my friend through the window just like, you know, what is this UPS driver doing here? It's like delivering your package, asshole, you know. <laughs> and he
0: wasn't the kimono. Oh, well, that that tracks. <laughs> okay.
1: Can can we rate this thing now? Thank you for that, sure. Dave. Again, better than your uh better than your story about what's his name behind the uh the ultimate warrior behind All right. We're rating this thing now. <laughs> Okay. Dave, do you want to go first or how you want to do this? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, as goofy as it is, there's a bunch of like plot holes to like that, but it's still a fun movie. It is. It's Steven Seagal's best movie. And if you're going to watch a m- movie with that asshole, then this is the one to watch. And, um, I mean, it's not perfect, but Steven Seagal is great in it. And again, like iconic, uh, you know, iconic nudity, but, um, for, so that's, you know, 11 year old Dave loved it. <laughs> and, um, So there's a little bit of nostalgia, but also just, it's a fun movie. So I'm going to go three and a half machine guns. I'll
0: go next. Yeah, you're right. I I hadn't watched this whole thing in a while and I really had a good time watching it. Like it, it, like, like you said, this is like the best Steven Seagal you're going to get. Tommy Lee Jones is great in this. Like the whole cast is great. Like, and it's, good action and I, I really had a lot of fun with this movie and I enjoyed it and like yeah there's parts of it that are dumb and don't make sense but that's every big action movie you know like th- it's never going to make complete sense but I I thoroughly enjoyed this and would watch it again uh, you know more sooner than like the however many years it's been since I watched it so I'm going to go three and a half as well
1: yeah I'm right with you guys Um, I like this movie a lot I've always kind of liked it uh, all the acting in it is really good. Like even Seagal is pretty good in this. Like yeah. he's not he's not like overly obnoxious. He's he he's, he doesn't really have any crazy cheesy one-liners. It's not he just seems like a normal dude, you know, a normal soldier going through, you know, doing the best he can to resolve the situation. It doesn't seem kind of Nothing seems over the top is is the best way I could put it. Um, even the action, the action seems relatively realistic, even for an action movie. You know, action movies obviously take some liberties, but even this, like the knife fight, seemed like a realistic knife fight. Uh, yeah. he, he runs out of bullets at some point and has to reload. I mean, there, there's 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 a lot of a lot of realistic action in this, and um, and a lot of it just makes sense for what they're doing. Like, the, you know. Uh, uh, as far as, like, they're working in the confines of, you know, the actions happening in the confines of a, of a bulkhead, you know, and they're running into situations where they can't hit the guys because there's a lot of stuff to hide behind, you know. The, a lot of the stuff makes sense in this. Um, and, yeah, the, the movie, it moves pretty fast. There's really no slow parts in it. Um, it's a solid film. Like, I really enjoy it. I'm going to go four machine guns with this because I think, in general, it's a it's a really good watch. Wow. Well, we're in it's agreement. available
2: on the Tubi app. Everyone, yep. Yeah. Tubi is not paying us, but just you know, I want to give everyone a free way to watch it. They can yeah.
1: pay I, us though if they want to.
0: It's true. Yeah, and it's true. I, and Tubi, I know. Oh, go ahead.
1: Tubi make it happen.
0: And, and I will say this: Tubi has actually, as we continue to shill for Tubi, Tubi has a lot of great content. And like I know, LBJ scoffs at any kind of commercials, but they don't make you watch that many commercials on Tubi. No, like. Like, I, I, it has all the John Wick movies on there right now. I was just rewatching. I was watching the I'll third say. John Wick movie. I didn't see it in a while. It's great. I don't know how we haven't covered it on the podcast, but anyways.
2: In the era we live in now, like, when a commercial comes up, you just look down at your phone. You know, you have other stuff to do when commercials come on. So yeah, I, I, It's
0: true.
1: I, I it's, true.
0: it's true. Oh, go ahead.
1: I, you know, I, I, I've been sick for the past couple weeks. And so I was sequestered to my bedroom and we don't have like a cable box or anything in there. We've just got a, you know, a fire stick. And so when I wanted to just put something on and not really pay too much attention to it, I flipped on Tubi and it was fine. You know, it was just like watching, you know, a movie on TV. Now, I Do you have
2: a I, television as well or just the fire stick? Just the fire, fire stick. <laughs> I was using my
1: imagination. Stick. I actually plugged it right into okay. my ass. And uh, <laughs> sort of went from there. And the commercials, the commercials were, you know, a lot of hemorrhoids, but still, yeah, a lot of Preparation age commercials. But it was, it was fine.
0: I I agree with Tush. I don't mind a commercial here or there, gives me a break to like, all right, you know. But I, I do like <laughs> we've just spent three minutes shilling for Tubi. Uh, yeah. But, but like, legit, like, not even kidding. If you don't have Tubi on your Fire Stick or your Roku, get it because it's free. And there's. A surprising amount of content on there um, that you can watch, and it's all unedited.
2: Like, you know, like you, it's you know, if you're watching an R-rated movie, everything that was in the R-rated movie is going to be there. You know, just with commercials. I, you know?
0: I've so. watched quite a few films for this podcast on Tubi, including the god awful Remo Williams. <laughs> the adventure begins. Uh, I watched yeah. Deep Deep Blue Sea on there. So, anyways.
1: Anyway, yep. Back to Under Siege guys. So we all liked the movie. Uh we all rated it pretty high. We suggest you go out and watch it cuz it's good.
0: Yeah, if you hadn't seen it if you haven't seen it, watch it on Tubi. Okay, okay, we yeah. got it.
1: We got it. Guys, too, we're not getting we're paid. Just skip plugs we're not this getting time paid from Tubi, guys. They're not they're not giving us money. So Hey, make,
0: make sure uh just a heads up when you uh post on Instagram about this tag Tubi in it yep. maybe, and maybe guys. Hey, for the yeah. cake scene. We were
2: watching boobies on Tubi.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, we were. Thank you, Tush. That was okay. So anyway, anyway. Uh, LPJ,
0: uh, LPJ does not want us to get sponsored by Tubi. I do, apparently. I do,
1: but yeah. we've already we're not getting paid right now, so let's wait till All maybe right. the funds roll in. All right, fair
2: enough. Anyway, um, and also he wants to plug his own website, starting or app, which is a pubie. It's a porn <laughs> version. <laughs> it is. <laughs> all 70s stuff <laughs>
1: oh, real classic real cl- like, I can't even I, can't, not, there, I can't, can't I'm not even going to go any farther so with this pain. I gotta stop I gotta stop okay alright anyway so other than Tubi is there anything you guys want to plug <laughs> we've already plugged the
2: shit out of Tubi so. <laughs> I want to plug my new podcast uh,
1: Tubi and You <laughs> It's all the commercials
0: you see we're starting a new podcast where it's just me and tosha we just scroll through tubi and be like oh that might be a good movie to watch <laughs> this
1: podcast is the worst
0: <laughs> i do so i do want to say um i, I just i was
2: sometimes be kind of bugging me is when i said the guy who brought up the question mark I did say the fuck you, and he actually gave you guys a good rating, so I don't really mean fuck you to him, so nice enough guy. I gave you guys a four or five star rating or whatever. So. He gave us
0: five just, stars. Just something to say. He gave us yeah, five, five stars. stars. So, you know, but just you're not did... you, buddy. Well, it was funny, too, like Neither here nor there, but it was someone at work who was like looking at the reviews. Like, do you look at the reviews? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. I don't look at what people, the ratings. Uh, And she brought up that review to me. And I was like, I was like, I don't know if I do that. I'll see if I can find an example. Literally, the first episode I pulled up was the Suburban Commando one. And like 20 minutes in, there was an example of me saying it. The
1: the review is justified. It is a justified review. You do say it a lot. I know,
0: True. but I should say I, I think my defense of it is that I know that I'm saying it. And it's both it's don't like don't know no. what you do, question mark. What, I your, do your catchphrase question mark. I do know that I'm saying it. It's it's to accentuate my confusion about the situation okay. when I'm saying yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's fine exclamation point. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay, let's not let's not do this now. Let's not. We're not branching out. We're not branching out. There's not gonna be any. No, we're good. Okay, anyway, yeah. so if you would like to talk about Period. reviews of the movie, check out our Discord. Go to GameZillaMedia.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, click on the Discord link, <clears throat> and chat with us on Discord. That's where we kind of do our primary interactions. Um, we're on Twitter for as long as that's going to last. We're not sure. <laughs> um, we don't really tweet much other than to tell you what episodes are coming out. Uh, but cool. really our primary – I want to how you
2: can watch them on Tubi.
1: Yes. Uh, we're also on Instagram, but we're primarily on Discord. So if you want to chat with us, you want to join the conversation, Discord is the place. Uh, you can actually access not just our channel, but uh, we have ones for all of the podcasts that are and were on the GameZilla Media Network. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of crossover, a lot of, a lot of evergreen episodes, they're called. If you, if you scroll back and listen to The Legend of Retro or Noobs and Dragons, which I was a part of... Um, they're evergreen. You can listen to them anytime you want. They're not, you know, they're not, uh, they're not, 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 not of a of a specific time. Um, so lots yeah. of content for you, and then you can your, your talk about other channels is really as well.
2: Impressive. It's really impressive. It's almost like a certain app
1: with no commercials. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Tush, thanks for being here. Question mark.
2: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want
1: to plug? You want to plug your book? Uh, yeah, it's well, never it's coming out.
2: I, 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 I do want to thank my friend Buck. He, he went through and really did a lot of good editing. I mean, for me, like, so, like, really, uh, you know, found like some of the grammatical errors, stuff like that, you know, which I do make sometimes, you know, semicolon. So, so, uh, uh, so box, Buck's a one.
0: fan of the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm gonna tell him to be. I think he'll, he'll he's listening to some. I think he'll listen to this episode. All right, cool, cool. Thanks,
1: Buck. All right.
2: Yeah. Well, his name's Gary, but you know, hey, this this podcast is all about nicknames, so
1: fair enough, fair enough. All right. Anything else you guys want to plug?
0: Uh, did I mention Tubi? Or are we? You do no, You the... do.
1: I think we covered Tubi, guys. Uh, all right. I think cool. they know. I think they know. I think the I think the folks know. The people listening at home know Tubi's a thing, and you guys seem to love it. It's True. Okay. Anyway, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated.
0: But we'll be back. Download to be. <laughs>